Rip City, are you listening? I'm Christian Gamalian. I'm talking with co-host Austin Caphammer, and this is the Peeps and Plaid podcast. We have our first repeat guest on the pod, Ryan Whitty Whitledge from the Blazer Tag podcast. Got it right this time. Thanks for coming on, Whitty. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing. I'm doing great. Uh, you guys, if I'm the first repeat guest, this is, if it makes me feel any better. Uh, this is the earliest I've ever podcasted in my life. So. Mm. <laughs> and it is much appreciated. Thank you so much. So it is still the off season, and there's still very little news in the NBA. But we're going to talk about what little there is, and we'll be hitting a couple topics requested on Twitter too. So let's just start off, Austin. You got some news for us, right? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, bright and early in the morning here. This is Austin on the Peeps and Plaid uh, K10. No, I have no idea. Um, but uh, yeah, so Blazers signed two players to training camp deals. Uh, CJ uh, potentially, or actually, is going to be inducted into the uh, Lehigh Hall of Fame, I believe. And then Fan Fest being announced at the Memorial Coliseum. And then what Christian believes to be a questionable trade proposal at best, uh, including Montrez Harrell. So definitely a couple things to discuss here blazers wise in mid-september so uh clearly i like blazers edge because all of that is right on the front of blazers <laughs> edge um, so we all, we all have that set up as like our number one like homepage, right exactly. it's been oh, mine for about like i think the last 12 years so mm-hmm. yeah i know Definitely. exactly where i'm getting my info Definitely, definitely a shout out to them. If there's ever anybody, you know, Team Mom, I know she's favorited and, and retweeted a couple of our things. And um, I think Christian might even pick apart some of the takes here found uh, by them. Uh, hopefully not stepping on too many toes. But, oh, yeah. um, but all, no, it's they're the bomb. I mean, everything we're, we're doing is amazing. But we're I always happy have to have critiques. that content. We're happy to have that content. And, um Thank you, thank you, uh, Blazers Edge, for basically being the main source of publication and stories for a lot of Blazers fans. Yeah, for real. So I, I um, only got to give my personal shout out to Steve on there, but that's just because me and him are good friends, and he only lives like three miles down the road. So Steve Dewald, my one of my favorite writers. There we go. Hey, oh, nice, <laughs> awesome. Well, and so, you're connected now, Ryan. What are you, What are you doing? What have you been up to? You're You're uh, got some got some uh, writing going on and. Uh, you guys are going to be starting back up maybe with the podcast in the coming weeks. So we've been we've been doing intermittent episodes throughout the off season. I've tried to do a little more one on one interviews. I actually have one that I'm sitting on waiting to post here probably next week. But uh, I interviewed James Kirkland. Uh, I don't know if you guys are aware of the Bill Walton Mysteries book. Um, that got I think I've, I've definitely seen you post about it. You want to tell us a little bit more about it? So it is basically a, a fan fiction book of Bill Walton and Dave Pash are covering the Pac-12 tournament, and a uh, a good friend of Bill Walton, his daughter, gets abducted, and Dave Pash and Bill Walton launch off in like a Hardy Boy-style mystery to go and rescue the daughter and solve the crime. Oh, nice. <laughs> and so... James Kirkland is a he's an actor and comedian from down in L.A. He's got like a two page long IMDb list. And but he was born and raised in Portland. And so he just he he does a fantastic Bill Walton impression. And uh, but yeah, he was back up in town here a couple weeks ago. And I got to go sit down and and interview him and pick his brain about the book and how he's how he's doing for book number two. And yeah, I recommend any anybody to uh, go and read that. But but yeah, so that's that's kind of been our podcast off season. And then I just taken a writing position with off the glass and I'll be doing all their blazers coverage in this upcoming season. So 
That's pretty awesome. sweet. Pretty sweet. Yeah, we're going to have to get you uh, connected and tied with my buddy, uh, Tony Gennaro. He's my buddy I told you about that was writing for that uh, that other um, publication as well. Last word on sports, I believe. So, But yeah, super Thanks. cool. I, I, think that's some, I think that's some underground Blazers knowledge that I would have never had had we not had this conversation. <laughs> uh, fan fiction about uh, a, a Liam Neeson-esque <laughs> plot with Bill Walton. I like it. Yeah. And uh, just just one little bit on that. I actually surprised him, and you can hear his reaction in the pod when I when I finally finish editing it and release it. But uh, the Bill Walton bike ride that happened, I took that book down to the Bill Walton bike ride and got Walton to sign it. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And because I had heard a previous interview that James had done in which he went to a Pac-12 game with Dave Pash and Bill Walton and tried to get their autograph, but security escorted him out of the building. <laughs> so I gifted him a copy of his own book, autographed by Bill Walton. And oh, wow. his, his, re- his reaction to that was uh, quite impressive. That's wow. amazing. Yeah, because I mean... a thoughtful guy. I don't, that probably, I don't think about anything like that. <laughs> that probably... That probably um, cause I'm, I'm sorry, maybe I just got a little bit lost in the narrative here, but this is the gentleman who had written the book, Correct. Correct. Okay, that's got to, and and he did he ever really touch base with him to your knowledge throughout that process? Nope, he never had any contact wow. with them whatsoever. Wow. And Ash only only after the book got published had a passing knowledge of it. That is awesome. Wow, yeah, that's got to that's got to be big for him. So that's cool, man. That's really cool. That's great. Yeah. So, I mean, do you want to get down to the nit and grit now that we know that this man is is accredited and solid? What do you, what are you thinking about these two players that we signed, uh, Christian? I'm going to need you to refresh me on the names here. Okay. So, Blazers signed Troy Copain. That looks how like how it's pronounced. Uh-huh. And London Parantes to Exhibit Ten training camp deals. Um, and they both have a little bit of previous time on other teams g league affiliates um but not much else and the blazers are contenders and so i'm not expecting them to do anything maybe i'm wrong for that i don't know anything about these players though and the blazers are already pretty pretty strapped for playing time as it is yeah what do you what what are we thinking here woody well this is normally when the you'll i'll pay a little more attention to the uh training camp invitees and whatnot i kind of think this is uh one of the more bare uh, uh, signings so far, because normally we'll see about like four or five, but the Blazers typically at that time have maybe like two to three roster spots open. So they're mm-hmm. looking out to fill out some of their, you know, two way contracts or just kind of, you know, end of the bench towel waving guy. Seeing as that they got the full roster now, um, I'm not, it, these are just bodies. I'm, I'm more always intrigued in this case by the positions in which they're bringing in because yeah. you're going to get guys who get these invites that are going to battle harder per se mm-hmm. than maybe the veterans will. So they're kind of looking for matchups and trying to force guys on their own roster in that position to maybe have to fight a little harder to prove mm-hmm. something. So, mm-hmm. and, uh, and the uh, positions Pat, of these two gentlemen, Christian or, or Ryan, if you happen to know. Uh, Perantes is a guard and Coppin is also a guard. I don't have what kind of guard listed, but. <laughs> All right. Well then take my previous statement of it forces people in those positions to battle harder because, oh my gosh, we have <sighs> a lot of guards. Damian Lillard is going to have to work his butt off to keep his starting spot. Let's be real. <laughs> Damian Lillard isn't going to have to ca- carry a single piece of luggage at all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For real, for real. 
So oh, then, man. what we got? CJ, <laughs> CJ, CJ, uh, CJ, uh, basically being uh, inducted into the Lehigh Hall of Fame, and 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 that's a uh, pretty star-studded cast of Lehigh NBA players, as we had previously noted here. Oh yeah. Um. So long list of NBA players coming out of Lehigh. We have uh, CJ McCollum, and uh, yeah, that's, I think that's I think uh, Christian James McCollum as well. Yeah, yeah. Christian James. Um, I think he also goes by Christian on the very rarest of occasions. Uh, Maybe there's a third. 3J? Yeah, McCollum, 3J. <laughs> there's there's a few of them. <laughs> so, so yeah, he's, a, he's the only one coming out of there. He's he's their most decorated. So it's it, I'm kind of amazed that it maybe took this long for him to uh, get inducted because I want to say that Dame pretty quickly got inducted into Weber's oh, yeah. Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm curious. I'm curious to know or or remember wh- what that uh, spread was between entry to the league and his. Because I because I'm with you there, Ryan. I think that it was it was fairly quick that he was, I, that I, was brought on there. I want to say maybe if if I'm remembering right, if he did, I want to say it probably had to be the season after his rookie of the year. So yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Pre- that's a that's a pretty quick turnaround time. So. Now that we're talking about some Hall of Fame stuff, here's something I always think of. I don't know if you guys have thought of this at all. It's out of left field. But it always frustrates me when I hear people say future Hall of Famer when they're talking about a player. And it's like, if they're going to be a Hall of Famer, put them in the Hall of Fame. Like, I understand they have their stupid, like, five-year, whatever period that they have to make sure the person is still a good person or whatever. I just think it's so dumb. If you're going to constantly refer to them every single game you watch on TV, oh, Dirk, he's a future Hall of Famer, all this, just put him in the Hall of Fame already. Like, mm. like I mean, not to, like, sound what if- super macabre, or if that's the word, I don't even know. Um, but, like, what if the person, <laughs> like, dies in the next four years in that revision period? Like, they don't get to experience being in the Hall of Fame? That's crazy. Well, they're they're, they're honor- honorary. <laughs> Yeah, and in all honesty, I wouldn't think I, I. This is going to sound a little asinine, but I, I don't think they'd be missing out on much. I, the Basketball Hall of Fame <laughs> is just an absolute joke, because yeah. for one, it's the Basketball Hall of Fame. It's not like the NBA Hall of Fame. It's the overall yeah. sport. There's itself. so many Europeans on there that and, none of us heard of. Yeah, exactly. And as long as you were somewhere in a top fifteen player over the course of the decade in which you played you're getting in it's there's so i just i have no respect for it the only part (laughs) of it that i respect is when you go back and it's like the top like what is it um you'll find them on the top of like the bill simmons list of like the top 20 players of all time when you get to the kareems and Mm -hmm. and all those old players that you know set the way to get the nba to how it is that's where i'll give the respect to anything after those legendary players I I don't care. You might as yeah. well tell me that all 400 and some odd NBA players right now are going to end up being a future Hall of Famer. Right. <laughs> that That's how I feel when they say it. I'm like, okay, we get it. Like, you think they're a really good player and they'll be remembered. But it's like, just let them play the game. Stop talking about the Hall of Fame if you're not going to put them in right now. It always frustrates me. Um, oh, we got a lot of anger early in the other- morning. Oh, dude. I can get started real early. Uh, well, yeah, we. I don't know if we've even. I don't know if we even detailed that to our listeners. By the way, we're recording this at at seven thirty in the morning. Christian and, and Ryan each have a cup of coffee in their hands, and um, you know, we had a we had a bit of a double date last night. Myself uh, and and you're uh, slamming at, Pedialyte. Yeah, yeah. So I'm <laughs> slamming Pedialyte this morning. But but yeah, yeah. we we uh, it's it's early, and we're uh, making this happen for y'all. 
Yeah, I'm I'm the jerk who requires much of the guests and co-hosts. I'm uh, in Minnesota for a wedding. I'm super stoked. My best friend's getting married. And yeah, I'm like, hey, wake up super early and talk to me. So thank yeah. you so much on, to you two. On top of the wake up super early and talk to me, who is the last one that took an extra like 15 minutes to get involved in this? Exactly. Yeah. This guy right SMH. here. SMH. Yep, man. <laughs> Constant so then, well, Christian, I don't know what you were gonna bring up there next, but I think the uh, I think the fan fest was maybe next on our docket. Yeah, fan fest. Have you guys ever gone to fan fests? Love it. Go every year. It go every fan. year. That's awesome. I I've am, only been I able to go I've... one time. Every year I mark it on the calendar and I can't make it. It's rough, but I'm I'm hoping to go this time. But I'll be coming back from a wedding, also. So I'll see. Give me tight. How many people are getting married in your social circle? <laughs> Well, I'm young, so now everyone, apparently. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, these are the, the only two weddings, like, all year that I've been to. But they're just, you know, perfect timing. <laughs> well, hopefully they're a fan fest in themselves. I can't say that I have been to any. Uh, my family had blessed me with, I don't know if it was actually, I don't believe it was a fan fest because it was, it was, in, the, it was in spring of last year. But they had some sort of event as well following the regular season. Like either during or 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 right before the playoffs, where there was like a lot of uh, you know swag handed out and um, so on and so forth. They had the, you know the pinwheels that you could wave. So I haven't been to a fan fest, but um, I got a lot of just kind of different goodies that I now have <laughs> hung, hung up around my office and um, here in the house. But uh, what do you guys know about some of the other uh, entertainment and, and stuff that you have going on? Man, so- when I went, I was still in adolescent um it was you know one of the the first years of dame is probably dame's second year on the team like myers was still pretty new to the team too um i remember like all these girls that i went with they were all about myers leonard of course and uh yeah it was just a blast i got to see a bunch of people that i knew got to see the players like up close see them scrimmage it was i don't know i just had so much fun there but i don't remember much of what else happened like at the game what else is going on yeah, it's it's kind of hard to uh to describe it in a way that makes it sound cool because basically <laughs> you're there, you're literally you watch them do warm ups. They're running lines. They're they're doing various drills. It's it's a glorified practice, and then it breaks <laughs> out into a scrimmage. Um, there are normally a couple players will give speeches about the upcoming season. Um, they'll play a couple little silly games. Uh, they sometimes do. They used to do it to where like the little rookie dance off was done at FanFest um, as opposed to like maybe during a timeout of like a first <laughs> preseason game. Yeah. Um, but th- it's normally where you'll end up finding out or f- seeing the online videos of like, okay, can he do the, uh, do the Dougie or, or all yeah. that stuff. So um, it, it's, it's just a cool experience too, because I like watching grown adult men fight their way down and push little children out of the way to try to get, <laughs> to get floor seats because it's general oh. admission first come first uh, want. so yep. i've i've lucked out a couple years and been able to get right down and sit on baseline um now now i'm old so i'm just like that i'll just be wherever <laughs> I, I feel like i feel like lucked out is a bit of a dismissive uh dismissive uh describer there i i think it was probably more of like a like a just a sheer effort Mm. Well, it, in years stuff. past, in years past, it used to be strategic of looking at the map of the arena online, figuring out <laughs> it, which gate was the direct shot down oh. into the lower bowl. Every That'd now and nice. then, you, 
every every now and then you'd get a you get screwed because you're like i think this staircase goes down there ah oh, crap it only cuts off halfway and then by the time you course correct all the good seats are taken so looking at look at like I, the city blueprints exactly like a secret looking, underground lincoln tunnel of some sort yeah i got all the sewer lines mapped out and everything and but the thing that I think is cool about this year's is the fact that they're doing it in the Memorial Coliseum because yeah. I was going to try to go to that preseason Denver game. And, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, some of those ticket prices are right up there with it might as well be a playoff game. Seriously. And, you know, especially when you consider that there's only 12,000 seats in, in the Memorial Coliseum, you're losing 8,000 seat spaces. So obviously there's there's going to be the high demand. So I think it's cool that they're doing it in there so that people that aren't necessarily able to go and check out that first preseason game in the Coliseum uh, with the new court and all that stuff um, are able to get a chance to go in and check it out at that point in time. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be packed. Waiting outside <laughs> for general admissions can be wild. Yeah, and you know, I I actually made my way to the Portland area in 2009, and I was still a pretty heavy football uh, fan at that point. So um, I'm gonna need uh, I'm gonna need you to maybe enlighten me, gentlemen, on on the whereabouts <laughs> in in the Portland metro area that this that this is uh, the stadium is at. Obviously, I know this historical significance and it being kind of our uh, our previous venue, uh, but I'm just trying to remember exactly where this is located in the Portland area. It's about Are you aware feet? of where the yeah. Are you aware of where the Moda Center is? <laughs> yeah. Look about fifty feet to your right. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. I just didn't they know they literally that was built it. it right next door to it. Ah, okay. Well, you learn something new every day. Yeah, you do. <laughs> it's yeah. It's gonna be nice. It's it hopefully get some good sunlight in there, blind the players a little bit, you know. But I'm I'm excited for it. That's gonna be great. I'm pretty satisfied with the uh, with the whole 50 year, just the general effort that they're putting forth. You know, we, they they had that advertisement that I've just shared on pretty much every social platform of the of you know growing up that retro film of the kid. Yeah. That you, video you, is so good. Did you did you happen to see that uh, Ryan? They have they show like the the you know the just the growth period as a young Blazers fan uh, back in the day. Yeah, I saw that, and and it was funny because I was watching it, and a coworker who's uh, probably about like twenty years older than me uh, was over my shoulder watching it too. And so, as soon as like his decade of when he became involved came up, he's like, "Oh, that's my time frame." And so then mm-hmm. I'm sitting there watching, waiting for mine. So, yeah, you guys are a little younger, so I'm guessing you were in like the last two to two frames of it. But <laughs> yeah, 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 Roy yeah. shot, Dame shot, Dame's other shot. That's me. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, okay, yep. and it's, it's done. Okay. So cool. what about you, Ryan? How long you been a Blazers fan? Uh, you got to bring me back to that first appearance of Clyde. Oh, that's, that's so when good. I started. That's awesome, man. That's so great. He so was, I was, just a, I was, was a wee little lass. What was your favorite part about Clyde's game? Uh, I just like the fact that this dude who looked like he was, you know, probably about like t- 10 years older. Exactly. 10 years older <laughs> than he actually was. He's balding. And just I, I think it was honestly, this is going to sound so generic, especially seeing as his nickname is the glide. But probably mm. the first time I ever saw the man jump and dunk. Right. I yeah. was just like, oh, yeah. and so then good. ironically, like I'd seen a blazer game before i had ever seen a bulls game and so then when michael obviously had his famous you know he was famous for the same thing i was like well he stole that from clyde 
yeah. little bit, I know, at the time, but still. <laughs> yeah, that's well, great. So then, Christian, you were thinking about uh, going in here on an infuriating, absolutely infuriating Montrez Harrell proposal. I'm going to rip it apart. Ugh. No. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I mean, have not, I, I have not seen this proposal, so you're... Why don't, why don't you do... You're in, yeah, sell me on it. It's on Blazer's Edge. It's um, from Dave Deckard. I think Dave Deckard is awesome, uh, me personally. You know, I so I, argue, I love. I have to argue with Dave? Crap. <laughs> I, I love following that guy. Uh, I think everything he puts out is great. But I don't think this is very likely, this Montrezl Harrell uh, trade. I would love to have Harrell on the team. But the thing is, the Clippers are contenders. And I do not think that, you know, even if they don't look at the Blazers as fellow contenders, I do not think that they're going to be trading... Uh, Harrell and Mo Harkless and their starting point guard Patrick Beverly to the Blazers for yeah. Hassan Whiteside. Um, I, Why do we want Harkless back? Exactly. Okay. Okay. Well, here's the thing. He says that in this trade scenario, the Blazers would then waive Mo Harkless. For me, I say if you're getting him back, keep him because you at least get some, you know, forward defense. He can actually yeah. play defense on. Kawhi and Paul George, unlike anyone else on the Blazers, potentially. Um, but, man, like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And I don't That's, know why the Clippers would want Hassan Whiteside for half a season. Well, besides that, problem number one with that trade would be if they get him back and they wave Harkless. Uh, the Blazers, seen as that they know Portland isn't necessarily a destination area for free agents, they've been banking on the fact that they're they're a very player-friendly organization. And I would think that just with the optics throughout other players in the league, trading away uh, one of your starting players to a title favorite contender and then getting him back, which I forget league rules on how long uh, a player has to be gone before he can trade it back yada yeah. yada yada but getting him back and waving him just seems like doing mo dirty and a disservice Seriously. to him and yeah. so that yeah. that's my problem number one on why it wouldn't work or they wouldn't do it because that just it sends the wrong kind of message yeah yeah i could agree with that and also i think that um so I don't know. Is is Montrez starting for them? I understand what you mean when you say starting because he is he is that quality of player. But I, I know that he was still coming off a bench in some capacity for them at some point. I think. Um, well, I don't know if that's. Mm-hmm. I think they might be interested at starting him at center with the other two guys, but who knows? I mean, he's he's more of a power forward. I, I see in the article it says um, the Clippers have used him at the center for the past two years, so I guess he's been playing a lot of center. He's so, he's an energy guy. He's kind of like how I was hoping Kawhi oh, would end up. He's he's uh, a Draymond Green kind of center. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I mean, I could definitely see him starting him. Basically, their only other center that I know of is Zubox. So I could understand wanting to get Whiteside, but I don't see that trade happening whatsoever. Well, and I can and I can understand to, to Dave's testament. I can I can understand fit wise if we're if it's in a vacuum and we're just talking about Montrez Harrell and the Blazers. Yeah, that's great. But mm-hmm. I think the, I think the prize isn't necessarily worth the price. Yeah, I think it's like every single trade scenario I've ever imagined up where I think in my head, okay, I want this guy, and then I do whatever it takes to get him, and then I forget about everything that I just did to get him. I'm like, oh, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, yeah. I do the same thing well, in fantasy football every single day. So, <laughs> yeah. The uh, the one thing I'm happy about with uh, this trade is that I'm finally reading a trade proposal that does not involve Kevin Love. Oh, thank God. I'm so I don't tired of it. I'm <laughs> yeah. so and, tired of it. Yeah, and CJ didn't help matters any either with his 17-part podcast with Kevin. And 
Yeah, right. But uh, <laughs> if I, if you guys don't mind, quick pivot, seeing as that Mo Harkless was involved in this trade rumor, yep, how do it. you guys feel about the national narrative out there right now that the Blazers lost a lot in Al Farouk Aminu and Mo Harkless and that they took a, a step back? Because has, hasn't it been the last three, four years we've been hearing that the Blazers need more shooting and they're <laughs> not going to get anywhere with Mo and Chief because they're unreliable? And now suddenly these we trade away these players. We get more shooting. We get a little bit more reliable offense. You know, yes, we did lose on the defensive end. I do understand their contributions there. But the entire league is pivoting away from defense. Yeah. But now, now that we basically do what it, all these national pundits have been saying we needed to do, it's wrong. That yeah. just it's so confusing to me. Not to, not to play the victim, but I would I would argue that similar to Portland not being a destination for an agent spot, I think that some play some cities and some franchises kind of just fit a bill. And uh, when it when when the when the scope is brought into that national spectrum, like you had just uh, brought up, uh, and I think I think some writers are just uh, used to basically saying, you know, it's the Blazers; they're doing something wrong, and. Yeah. Um, I just think that you're you're absolutely right, and that's that's probably one of the one of the better uh, questions I've had posed here on the on the pod. Uh, absolutely, this season uh, because it's it it's it's frustrating, you know. Like yeah. we we it's not that we don't appreciate those players. Those players did a lot. They do things that certain players can't. But you know, I could even understand someone. I've seen a couple uh, takes out there where it's like, did they get better? Uh, to be seen. Okay, I can respect that, but. And, and even then, I disagree with it. But to, to see, like you've said, multiple writers, national writers come out and be like, this is just a, a backwards move. It, come on. I mean, it's it's at least lateral. It's an at least lateral move, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. For, for me, I'm personally a big fan of Mo and Aminu. I'm I kind of as far as I know, I've always advocated for them. I'll, I'll criticize their game i'll say man where the heck is aminu when you need him that kind of thing but i was always a fan of them so i'm gonna miss them for sure i think the defense is gonna miss him a ton but but on, do you think like, it was a damaging whole, move i don't think it was that bad like to have now zach collins in the starting lineup hopefully as long as they don't start hazonia like 2k thinks they will uh, that's have, an insane that's an insane proposal right it's there. so weird. <laughs> i don't get it but yeah to have zach collins in the starting lineup i think is going to be really big for the blazers i think an expanded role for anthony and fernie simons is not going to be ideal at the start of the season but i think that he'll grow into it and turn into a really good player uh oh, if you very talented army if you see anthony simons have a bigger extended role it's going to be in the beginning of the season and because I don't think as the season progresses and, you know, um, playoff positioning and all that, that's not the time to trot out a guy and, and start expanding his minutes. You want to give and him that confidence right off the bat if he's yeah. going to be the player that he's being sold to us as. And if he doesn't turn into it, then you then you cut his time back. And then you then Stotts goes through his, all right, well, who's going to get these minutes and his plug and play to find out what works. And to Christian's yeah. test. I think he was just saying he will be trotted out there in the in the earlier half of the season, but maybe he just won't hit his stride until you know maybe okay. a month, a month, maybe two months in. What that's that should be a good question that we kind of look to wrap up here as we keep it at that thirty minute mark. Uh, do we think what is an acceptable time uh, 
basically grace period for Anthony Simon's uh, expanded, so-called expanded role this season. When would you? When do you pull out? When do you add more? What's what's the what's the timing there for each of you? I mean, if he struggles for the first like eight games and doesn't have a bright spot, I think you kind of move on for a bit and then see, you know, maybe send him to, to the G League. I don't know, but I'm guessing the Blazers are already wow, ready to what? give him like a sixth, seventh man role. So I think they're going to be expecting a lot. And I think that Stotts is ready to just go all in on him. So uh, we'll see how it goes. But for me, it's like if you, if it takes you like seven, eight games and you're still not doing anything, that's a big deal, especially after hitting 39. Was it was 39, right? Last season. Mm-hmm. Um, like, on the final yeah. game. That's a yeah, that's a, that's a big deal. But how about how about you, Ryan? I'm giving him uh, just a smidge longer, but uh, a big part of it too has to it comes with his age, and then taking into account um, the amount of playing time that he got last year. Most of his playing time was in garbage minutes outside of that last game of the season. Um, I'm gonna say that you give him a good solid leash of about like twelve to maybe fifteen minutes a night, depending on matchups. Um, through December. And if come the end of December, if, if he's still struggling, um, that's when you kind of rein it back in and, and maybe start cutting him down to, you know, six to eight minutes or, or a little less than that a night. But, um, his, he's gotta, he's gotta get used to playing against those actual physical NBA players. And he didn't do that much last year so you you got to give him you got to give him a decent amount on the leash and like i said come december if he's still struggling if he's not finding his stride if he's not working his way to the type of player that he's been sold to us that he's going to be that's when you rein him in a bit yeah yeah well, so let's let's look at the let's look at the glass half full. Let's I don't want to put this bad energy out there that we're gonna have to watch to to rein him in. What do we think is positive wise? What do we think we his arc of development might, might look like this season, Christian? I mean, I personally think he's gonna be good. I I think that last season there were quite a few stretches where they'd put him in in garbage time and he struggled and he would make some pretty bad mistakes. But there were other games where, you know, Dame would hit him for the, you know, go-ahead three-pointer. Like, he had some pretty big moments, um, or it wasn't go-ahead. I don't know. He had some, he had a big three-pointer I was there for. It's been a while. It felt um, like it. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, obviously, he was big in that, you know, the Sacramento Kings game. And that was against starters at the start. Um, so, I think that he's going to be a good player. But it's also tough to say off a small sample size. So, if things don't go well... I don't know how long the Blazers stick with him at the start of the season because it's going to be important to get in the playoffs this year because without Nurk, it's going to be a tough first part of the season for sure. Ryan? Realistic expectations. Um, if he can if he can mimic what Seth Curry did last year, I'll be mm-hmm. ecstatic. I'm, oh, not really, I'm not really expecting much more or much less. I, I hope that this doesn't turn into another version of when Neil O'Shea came out pr- the previous offseason saying that Zach Collins was a, a franchise cornerstone building block. And mm. then he had his 21st birthday and entered the longest hangover in, uh, yes. in mankind's history and disappeared oh, for many a months. So I'm a little more optimistic that it's not going to be that because you're hearing more from the players themselves about Anthony Simon's abilities than you are the organization. But uh, like I said, if, if he can mimic what, what Seth Curry did last year, I'll, I'll be ecstatic and happy with that. Yeah. 
Cool, guys. So, well, hey, what was there any last-minute things you wanted to get in here, Christian? Yeah, I want to get the, the Twitter questions. I appreciate people on Twitter who are actually asking us uh, for things to talk about. So first off, to my dad, Frank Gamalin, uh, he Favoritism. asked— I know, I love favoritism, right? So he said, how will it be different for Stotts to manage this team compared to last year's team? And for me, I think it's going to be easier. It's going to be hard at the start because, you know, there's so much chemistry that was built up over the years last year. But with last year's team, it was a lot of specific situation players. It was, you know, at the end of the season, it was Cantor needs to be a focal point of the offense if he's going to be on the court because he's not good enough on defense to warrant being on the court. And then Evan Turner, same thing. Evan Turner needs the ball in his hands if he's going to play or he needs to be, you know, guarding someone specifically like, oh, we need him to guard Paul George. We need him to guard Jimmy Butler. And, you know, Seth Curry, he needs to be ready to shoot threes if he's going out there. There was a lot of specific players and like Jake Lehman, he needs to be a focal point of the offense also because he's not that, you know, he's a liability on defense. So this year, I think it's more plug and play. I think it's, you know, a lot of these guys are just shooters and, um, I don't know. It, it's, you know, Baysmore, Hood, they're both okay at defense and good at shooting. And I don't think there's as many specific situation players. So I think it's going to be a lot more plug and play. I think it'll be easier to manage for Terry Stotts, but maybe not as successful. What are you thinking, Ryan? I'm actually thinking it might end up being a little more difficult this year compared to last year. Um, And it's going to go back to a little bit of the continuity and how long that roster had been together last year. Everybody Uh kind of knew their, knew their place, knew their roles. And if you brought in new guys, they were either trying to prove that they still belong in the NBA or they were young and untested as opposed to this year, we do have a lot more veteran experience. So both Stotts and Dame kind of run the risk of seeing a locker room where guys are getting a little more unhappy about touches or getting unhappy about roles. And um, I hope that's not the case because most of these more veteran guys that we've brought in all seem to have a solid head on their shoulders. Um, But that that's where I could possibly see it going awry is that, you know, you're going to get all these guys that want, you know, 20, 20 plus minutes a night, and there's only, you know, 240 to go around. So if, if, you know, Hood's got it, you know, cooking and, and Baysmore's maybe not seeing his kind of style that he, or his kind of playing time that he's looking for or vice versa. And Hood's like, wait, I gave up all this money to come here for this style and this fit. What the heck? Why is he getting minutes over me? There's, there's a possibility that some of that could simmer under the surface. So Stott's, Stotts maybe for the first time is going to have to, you know, maybe maybe placate to some egos a little more or sit down and have some more difficult chats. Dame maybe taking a few more guys out to dinner to sit yeah. them down and, and have a talk with them. But that that's that's kind of where I possibly foresee an issue if there's going to be or the biggest difference from last year with this roster. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. Well, normally I'd throw in my two cents, but my uh, very, very old and near obsolete computer is giving me some issues. So, right. um, yeah, let's I'll, we can go ahead and just move on to that next uh, next question. And if you lose me, yeah. uh, feel free to wrap it up without me. Perfecto. So our last question from Ryan Green, also from Laser Tag Podcast. He asked that guy's an able. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Screw that guy. If the Blazers were given, can't believe we're giving him airtime. Uh, if the Blazers were the original Power Rangers, which starter would be which Ranger? Did you guys watch Power Rangers? Yes. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. That's what I like to hear. Okay. So first things first, you guys might have a lot better memory than me, 
But for me, I'm just going to list them off real quick. Tommy. Okay, some people might not consider Tommy original because right wasn't wasn't the Red Ranger original. Man, I don't him. know, but I don't know Tommy by name. In, right? I can't say that I know any of them by name. It's just a color thing. Oh, dude, the Green That's Ranger racist. later the White Ranger. <laughs> Tommy was the leader. He was charismatic. He was you know he was the guy everyone was all about. And uh, so I'm gonna put Dane Tommy obviously. Oh. Um, so the Blue Ranger, my favorite Ranger, Billy, is the bomb. And Billy's, you know, he's a smart dude. He's he's got some more going on than just his fighting skills. So I'll put him with uh, with CJ McCollum because you know CJ's got the podcast. <laughs> CJ's got his other avenues of success. Uh, I think Billy's right in line with that. Um, the Red Ranger, Jason. As, if I remember right, he was a bit of a hothead. So I'm gonna put him with Zach Collins because Zach wow. Collins can get heated in the game. Um, so yeah, I'll put Red Ranger with Zach Collins. If we had Mo, it would be very easy because Mo is very good looking, and Kimberly, the Pink Ranger, was really wow. good looking. So that would have been Joe easy. Johnson. Oh, that's part of my childhood. Right there. Yeah. There we go. So, uh, <laughs> so unfortunately, we don't have Mo, and so I'm getting kind of lost <laughs> on who I put where. Um, I'll put uh, man, I don't know. I don't know the other ones too well. I loved Billy. Billy was the best, oh. and everyone knew Tommy, and everyone knew Kimberly, but um. Yeah, I can't think too much about, um, man, I guess I'll put Hood with the Black Ranger. I don't even know the Black Ranger's name. Let's be real. Well, he got, that's that's kind of indicative of Rodney Hood's quiet but confident. <laughs> that's what I like to hear. Yeah. I'll put uh, Whiteside with uh, Trini because I don't know where else to put him. There's only four. <laughs> so. Ryan? All right. So my list is going to be a little different here. Um, so seeing as that Tommy started off as quote unquote, a villain, he came in a little bit later. I'm actually going to give CJ the Tommy green Ranger status because he, he came in later, had to develop his way, uh, into the rotation Mm, and, and earned his significant spot as, as co-leader with, with Jason, who I will Mm. put as Dame. And I'm going just based off leader of the group status there. He was the stabilizing force for most of it. And like I said, the the leader to start. Um, If I'm going to go with uh, Zachary, the the Black Ranger, he was the more fashionable, animated, uh, (laughs) and also a hothead. So there's my Zach Collins. There's the hothead. Thank you. Um, Billy, uh, I'm going to, I'm excluding Whiteside from this list. Uh, Billy, uh, because of just his, I don't know, his, his attitude, his demeanor, his, his kind of cool headedness and his, uh, um, his, his overall IQ. I'm actually going to go with Nurk on that one. Oh, all right. There and, uh, as, uh, let's see the, the love of my life when I was eight <laughs> years old and this show or seven years old and this show premiered, uh, the pink Ranger, Kimberly, uh, I'm probably going to go with Rodney hood. Mm. And uh, Not so Dame, that is games. Now the love of your life. Well, I already gave Dame the Red Ranger status for yeah, being yeah. leader. I mean, I, I for saying love of my life, I might give it to Dame. Let's be real. Oh, this is that. That's a whole other. <laughs> this is getting weirder and weirder. That's a whole other <laughs> conversation. Sorry, Damien. And and so then to uh, to finish it off uh, with uh, Trini, I'm I'm probably let's see. Uh, she was kind of a little bit utilitarian, and uh, so I'm I'm just gonna uh, do uh, Anthony Simons on that because. Uh, she didn't have that big of a role, and she came in and helped out when she needed to. So there we go. There's your six man. There's oh, there's all, all right. six rangers. I'm digging it. You I'm, had you had much better team, reasons than me. 
Team, I'm sorry to interrupt here, but my uh, looks like my my uh, system's going down here. So, perfect. Uh, All right, I think we lost did, him. Did it? Oh, it, it went down mid announcement of it's going that was, down. There that we was go. wonderful. That's timely. Awesome. Howard is stuck staring at his frozen shoulder. Oh, it's wonderful. Well, thank you so much for coming on, uh, Ryan. Is there anything else you wanted to discuss briefly? No, 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 no. I'll, I'll help you keep you guys underneath your time limit. Uh, <laughs> hopefully I can see you at FanFest this year because uh, the yeah. three of us will be there. So uh, awesome. Um, yeah. Let's see. Other than that, all, only other stuff I got to say, uh, catch, catch our podcast, uh, you know, as, as well. Because uh, until whatever version of the Trailcasters comes back, uh, there's I think there's just us, us two and then the big boys. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Right now. Um, so Blazer Tech Podcast, we should be recording our, our season three premiere sometime within the next two to three weeks. Awesome. And then all this season, you can catch me uh, writing for the Blazers on uh, on Off the Glass and arguing with uh, my editor who writes for the Denver Nuggets because apparently he has a <laughs> darling team now. <laughs> oh, man, that's exciting. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I appreciate Blazer Tag, everything you guys have done for us because Right when we got started, you guys just embraced us and got us on your pod. So thank you so much for that. And thanks for being on the pod for the second time now. Yeah, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold the belt. Uh, if you guys bring back any more repeats, just let me know. Because uh, now, now I'm going to be possessive of this title. Oh, I love it. Perfect. Will do. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Ryan. And thanks to everyone listening. Uh, have a wonderful Blazers weekend. All right. Go Rip City. I'm from your shackles, I'm ready.